And welcome to Shakashala podcast number two. So I brought this podcast in a little bit earlier for two main reasons. I talked about in the first podcast, which was an introduction, really just about introducing the why. Why bothering to lucid dream? Why bothering to be aware of dream? Also, I'm going to give us five key things for those that really want to start exploring the practices and building the practices leading to lucidity so that we can really just start to move in that direction before we really dissect and break down each of those little parts. So there's a lot of uh, information coming out, uh, especially over the last sort of five years regarding lucid dreaming. Especially its effects on things like nightmares, anxieties, panics, PTSD. So if I'm having a nightmare that's reoccurring related to PTSD or anxieties or a trauma, and I'm able to become lucid in that dream, it's a really powerful thing because I challenge the illusion of the dream. And once I become lucid, I'm actually able to choose different outcomes, to recognize that I'm just actually in my head and to really start to move myself into a direction of healing and uh, really starting to change some of the aspects that are occurring in my life through that dream. Uh, other stuff that's come out has been related more in the vein of sports performance. So. They had a one with a group of athletes who uh, had PBs of squats and then they got one group which were trained to lucid dream, another group weren't. And they found that the ones that lucid dreamed were able to basically vastly improve their PB through practicing the squats in the dream. So it shows that there's a relationship between sports performance and dream and life. So if we practice, say, uh, a certain move, surfing move, anything we're sort of looking to improve in the dream, it directly correlates to our body. It's, it's basically the strongest visualization that we could ever do because of the three-dimensional virtual reality-like structure of the dream. Uh, I sort of brought into things too. I mean, it can really just be wish fulfillment to go places you've never gone, to build things you've never built, creativity see people who were long gone uh, even in the in the vein of sexuality sexuality it's possible you know, to have experiences that I guess could never be had here uh, to explore what is meant sort of I guess through sexuality in a way through dream that is really really personal to the person having the dream so we're able to really sort of discover ourselves in a way that sometimes can be quite accessible maybe we feel blocked maybe a partner uh, maybe fear of being judged and whatever the things are that we want to try or like in a dream all those boundaries are dissolved we're actually able to explore these things without limitation which for many people that crosses over into their waking life frees up a lot of tension associated with sex and sexuality really just lets people uh, explore and enjoy things in a less linear conditioned way really sort of understand what they're looking for and explore each other 
without really having to worry so much about that conditioning as it dissolves. That's other avenues, looking for insight, guidance, you know, guidance. You get some people, you know, asking the dream for advice about a career or asking the dream for advice on purpose. Uh, maybe coming up with a new creative concept or design from the dream. Uh, there's many avenues to go down with this guidance aspect and there are many parts of our deep subconscious that have that wisdom I think to very much guide us. Uh, the main thing is that it's about our intent. I think when we ask these questions to the dreaming mind it's very important to be clear about what we're asking to be emotionally driven in the direction of that the answer that we want we're really looking for an authentic answer so the why is really everything when it comes to these creative aspects and guidance um, there can be many avenues too for those sort of seeking a more deep meaning more spirituality approach uh, starting to actually move ourselves in the direction of who we actually are uh, you know I had a, a dream years ago where I became lucid I flew up into the sky in order to meet my higher self and I found myself on a boat perfectly clear water you know this pristine day and there was a man sitting there and I realized you know I'd been brought to the place I'd wanted to go to so I suddenly walked up and turned around to see the man and the man was just sitting there in a hammock, legs up, it was me, maybe older, dressed in white robes, and the man looked at me, and he just gave me this very powerful, knowing smile. And that communication for me was very much non-verbal. What I got from that communication and that search of looking for my higher self was what he communicated to me at that moment was that I was already that thing that... The thing I was searching for was me. And it really vastly changed the way I approached spirituality. I realized that I wasn't looking for something anymore. I was more uh, uncovering what I always was. So there's many avenues to go down like this. Dissolving the self and dream. And then finding out what am I when I'm gone. Dying in dreams. Uh, there's many levels to this practice which we'll explore more in depth. So for those that are sort of raring to go, I, I did really want to lay down a few things so that you can start the practice, start building the fundamentals. So number one, you must have a dream diary. So if you don't have a dream diary, you don't have a lucid dreaming practice. You really need to start writing down your dreams, whatever you can remember. Um, if you wake during the night, just writing down a few lines, a paragraph. If you wake in the morning, the same. You'll find that the more you practice with the dream diary, the more you will remember. It's not that you're dreaming more, but that you are remembering where you've been. <clears throat> so number one, dream diary. You can tap it into your phone, have a really nice book to write into that creates motivation. And just the intent to remember your dreams, even if it's just fragments, if you really want it, it will come. The next one we're looking at is once you have a dream diary, you can start to look for what are called dream signs. So dream signs are 
just idiosyncrasies, especially things that come up regularly. So for me, it might be my mother when she was 30 and she's now 55, or it might be an old house I used to live in in New Zealand that's now gone. Uh, some of them can be bizarre, some of them can be very normal. But the key thing is just starting to identify things in the dream which really give it away as being a dream. Anomalies that are, cannot really happen here. The next stage to this is uh, what's called mindfulness checking or reality checking as another term is used. It means during your day... Yeah, I mean, really, you probably need to practice this about 10 times a day to, to develop a strong effect. Is to just observe your environment. Push on a wall, does your hand go through it? Push on your hand, does your hand go through it? Uh, look at your hand and look away and look back, has it changed? Look at some writing and look away and look back, has it changed? What we're doing here is just challenging our environment, becoming aware of it, because in the dream... Our mind has to work very flat out to hold that virtual reality. And if we challenge it, we can start to expose little uh, idiosyncrasies which expose the dream for the illusion it was. Uh, another one is just strong intent. Like, if you really want a lucid dream, you're halfway there. If you believe it's possible, you talk to people who are doing it, you're reading about it, you're immersing yourself in it, uh, if you want it, it will come. Uh, something you can really take advantage of is if you do wake during the night naturally, which many people do, uh, don't be afraid to just stay up a little longer. So you wake up, you write down your dreams, you might sit, meditate for half an hour and go back to bed. This keeping yourself awake for a little bit longer will just interject some awareness into your dreams before you go back to bed. You can use a technique called the 478 breath, which is in for four, hold your breath for seven, and out for eight. And this is a really useful way to fall back asleep if you're struggling to fall asleep. You probably want to do it about 10 times if you're struggling with falling to sleep. But the key things really are the dream diary, the dream signs, the mindfulness checks during the day, very strong intent. And just talking with people, reading, engaging, uh, those are sort of like your five key things. So our next practice, we'll start to sort of delve a little bit deeper. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the diary, about obstacles with the diary, about really developing a really good diary practice. And it seems mundane and boring, it's the hardest part of lucid dreaming practice. But just really coming to understand what we're looking for, how we can use a diary to really fuel our practice. Any comments, questions, you can come through Instagram or here. And I'll just keep trying to build and build and build. So enjoy your practice. <laughs>